Hey everybody, it's Eric Torenberg, co-founder, partner of Village Global, a network-driven venture firm. And this is Venture Stories, a podcast covering topics relating to tech and business with world-leading experts. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Venture Stories by Village Global. We're here today to talk about the TCR, or Token Curated Registry. And I'm here joined by Miles Snyder of Multicoin, Amin Soleimani of Spankchain, and Jahan Trembak of Alfie. We're lucky to be joined with one of the inventors of the TCR, uh, Amin. Why don't you talk a little bit about the inspiration behind the TCR, what is a TCR, and why you, uh, why you invented it? Yeah, so the inspiration behind the TCR was recognizing that there are incentive misalignment issues in the advertising industry where uh, advertisers <clears throat> can't figure out like which publishers are, you know, are legitimate in the sense that they're not peddling bot traffic. Uh, and nobody in the entire advertising industry downstream of the advertiser has any incentive to let them know. And so we realized that we needed a list of uh, non-fraudulent publishers uh, whose you know traffic, you know minim- minimally bought traffic, and the way to do that was to design an incentive structure that would help curate uh, those publishers, where the token holders uh, would be rewarded with you know some some amount of value if the the publishers that they curated were actually non-fraudulent, and so we initially designed a much different solution which was more centralized and had a lot of you know fixed roles and kind of looked like you know a trade organization that had specific you know ad chain foundation at the center that would be making decisions Uh, and then we tried to think about what that would look like if it was maximally decentralized and realized that it was just a token vote and so that's how we came across the idea of the token curated registry. And it was also inspired by a lot of work done by Simon Delarue, who works at Consensus. Uh, and it was done with, you know, Mike Golden and James Young, who are also on the AdChain team. I've been calling him Simon De Revoir this whole time. That's a lie. Everything I know is, is a lie. What, what is the current state of the, uh, of the TCR? Who's using it? How is it perceived? So, for our TCR, it was the AdChain registry, and it shipped, uh, launched a couple, I think, months ago. And I haven't seen a lot of usage yet, still early days. So the idea is to you know, list publishers and try to get advertisers to integrate. And so the advertiser would feel comfortable saying, you know, I'm willing to advertise on such and such site because they're in the AdChain registry. Uh, and so the sites that are the most high value that would be listed are, are actually not sites that you would think are normally desirable. Like, you know, for example, getting the New York Times to be listed in the AdChain registry isn't very interesting because people sort of assume that the New York Times is legit. Uh, what's more interesting is getting those, you know, fringe uh, publishers that may or may not be legit and the cost of verifying them, you know, is, is prohibitive to doing business for most uh, advertisers. And so them being listed in the ad chain registry would essentially earn them more business. Now, it's a bit of a chicken and egg problem because publishers, you know, don't necessarily want to sign up or, or integrate and, you know, uh, receive bid requests from advertisers uh, until you know, and, and, and join the ad chain registry until there's a lot of advertisers and, uh, who, who want to buy ads from 
publishers listed in the iTunes registry, and likewise, advertisers don't necessarily want to sign up until there's lots of publishers who they you know wouldn't otherwise want to verify themselves who who made it in. And so we're trying to figure out how to uh, move beyond this chicken and egg and recruiting both advertisers and publishers to join. Say a bit more about what the promise of TCRs really is in terms of if 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 it works and and lots of projects are using it. How like what's what's really game changing about it or, or fundamental in terms of like a deep innovation there? Okay, yeah. So like, ad fraud is conjectured to be a ten to twenty billion dollar problem globally in terms of advertising spend on bot traffic, right? And so the ultimate potential of something like AdChain is to eliminate that. And so the idea would be, you know, if if uh, AdChain works, then we're going to have a much tighter feedback loop. Uh, in order to identify the projects that are potentially fraudulent. So this is this is going to take a little bit of in knowledge, to, and so I'm going to explain a little bit why in this particular case it's it, you know potentially viable. And it's because what, what we're really solving is a way to, to do this without a trusted central intermediary, right? So the way this works normally in you know advertising is like there's trade groups, there's the DMA and, and uh, others, and they sort of decide based on you know a fee who's in and who's out. They're, the problem there is you know that they create this membership, essentially a registry, but they're the ones who control it, and their incentive is to list as many people as possible, because if they list somebody, you know, a publisher and who might be potentially fraudulent, nobody's going to find out for a really long time. So their incentives aren't properly aligned with those of the advertisers because they're getting paid by the publishers, right? And so, so then you have this thing where, like, okay, well. You know, what if what if I wanted to do it so, you know, create an incentive for those people to vet each other? Well, that's what you get when you have a token curated registry. Now you, you no longer have, you know, somebody who has a fixed position or a role who's doing the vetting. You anybody can be challenged by anybody else. And then the token holders decide. So I think I think that's better from an incentive alignment standpoint. And the, what's the, the way this information spreads right now is through safety vendors. And so if you're a big advertiser, you're going to hire a safety vendor like white ops and they're going to come in put some javascript on your ads and they're going to uh, run some behavioral you know track the mouse movements and the, the clicks and stuff and they're, they're going to come up with a profile for each user and just you know give you some statistics on how many of your users they estimate are bots uh, or the people who viewed your ads and so from there then you can decide which publishers you want to uh, advertise on now the problem there is that those safety vendors are incentivized to make as much money off of that information as possible and sell it as many times as possible, and so they don't want to make it public. And so the feedback loop is much larger than it needs to be. And so the other angle of why you know TCRs are interesting is because in order to issue a challenge, you know this is all done in the open, and so the information of which publishers are potentially fraudulent is going to be brought to the forefront of everyone's attention much much sooner uh, and that's that's the ultimate value and, and zooming out beyond ads wh what are some of the other best app, you know use cases or applications you I, I can jump in here being being somebody who who is is using a tcr uh and i'll see I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about that later but Basically, TCRs are, I, I think if, if they work as intended, obviously the only one that's really in production that I'm aware of right now is, is AdChain and doesn't have a huge amount of traction or usage yet. But they're, they're like a whitelist. So there's a lot of things in, in our world which are 
like, you know, like whitelists. And so if you think of something like, let's say, you know, McDonald's, McDonald's does a lot more, obviously, McDonald's, you know, has franchises and those franchises are run by kind of independent, like business people. And the McDonald's organization does a lot of like marketing and also supplying them with food and all that kind of stuff. And that's not really TCR related necessarily that, you know, obviously bringing fries in is is not something a TCR is going to do. But what a TCR can do is is like quality control in like a sort of decentralized market. So you can have a minimum standard. You can say this thing is like good enough to be on this list. And so you can use it. And a lot of the use cases of TCRs are are doing that. So there's Sari, which um, is like a TCR of ICO projects. There's, let's see, there's like the Foam TCR, which is a TCR of, of like points on a map that are, you know, they're not spam, that are actually known to be actual locations and, and businesses and stuff. There's there's a civil TCR where where the the entries on list are uh, newsrooms. They're kind of like you know groups of reporters. And so the cool thing about the TCR is like there's so many so many things in our world where it's like you want to be able to look at a list and say you know is the thing on this list is it you know it, is something good enough to be on this list? And it's like that simple question like beyond like whether like what the score is of something, but just is it like good enough to be on a list? And it's a pattern that can be applied to like a lot of different, a lot of different things. And I think that's why a lot of people are, are designing around them now. It's, it's pretty versatile. Uh, Jen, why don't you talk a little bit about how you at Althea are using a TCR? Yes. So we have, uh, we have some lower level uh, network protocols that we're working on. So basically it lets um, routers pay each other for bandwidth. And this lets people set up equipment. It looks like wireless ISP equipment and kind of long range Wi-Fi antennas. You can get pretty fast internet for that. And uh, then people who are on the network already can connect to their neighbors and spread the network further. And so we're using the TCR in the kind of in the McDonald's way. Um, and it's actually we're using it in a way that's similar to District Zero X, which I think was one of the first uses of TCRs other than AdChain. In that there are in in our system, there's these routers paying each other. There's also these local organizations which are called subnet DAOs, uh, and those are Aragon DAOs. So from the from the Aragon project, it's like a kind of a governance and voting framework that, that they make on Ethereum. And so those are not TCRs, but then we have a global TCR, which is basically meant as the kind of the keeper of the Althea brand. So if they're, you know, you think of these subnet DAOs as being sort of quasi ISPs, a little bit more decentralized than regular ISP is, but sort of like ISPs. And you can think of the global TCR as being like a thing that people can look at and say, hey, this is, these guys are, you know, doing a good job. They're worthy of being on this. It's not that they're the best, they're better than anybody else, but they're not going to rip you off. And so if a consumer wants to get on wants to get on a network, they can go on a, a front end like a portal for the TCR and put in their their address and then see what which of these subnet DAOs might be around them. And uh, so that's how we're using it. And when I when I tell also when I tell non-technical or you know business people about this who are not really into the blockchain thing, I usually use the analogy of of McDonald's. Like it's 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 just it's useful to have something where it's like this this I don't know, this simple thing. Like this is this is the brand and is it good enough to be is it good enough to be like part of this, you know, overall network. So like a given a given branch of a supermarket or or something else is not necessarily like, you know, ranked, you know, the d- different franchises and stuff are not ranked against other things, but it's just like a yes or no thing. Yeah, so it's to that and zoom out just a little bit. It's like 
TCRs are good for subjective consensus, right? It's like Casper for ad fraud detection in the ad chain case, right? It's like you need to establish some sort of norm and then you want to enforce that norm and the norm can change, but the norm is uh, ultimately decided on by token holders. And you can do this in a binary way where the norm is, you know, a qualification for being listed and then you decide what that is and who meets it. So anything that uses that uh, where the results of the list are valuable in a business sense uh, is where I think you'll see TCRs emerge that actually uh, hold significant value. So I would push back a little bit, bit on this use of TCRs for subjective measures because one of the things that I've been thinking about is that when you have a subjective criteria for a TCR, it doesn't have a strong coordination signal for all of the token holders. So like to give a really simple example, if the TCR were listing like the best restaurants in San Francisco or the best Mexican restaurants in San Francisco and, you know, someone had a bad experience at one of the restaurants that was included in the registry and then decides to issue a challenge, there's no real coordination signal for all the other token holders because that person is issuing a challenge based on a like subjective experience. And maybe they can come forth with some sort of evidence or tell people about what was going on, but it makes it, you know, you're sort of, you're putting on the, you're putting money on the line, not based on some objective reality that you expect people to rally around, but rather on your ability to convince them of some subjective reality. Now, do you guys see that as an advantage or a disadvantage for TCRs? And, and how do you think about that? Um, I see it as it's, you know, it's an interesting question. And, and I, I see it as a kind of, it would be cool if there was something out there that could give you objective answers on subjective things. But that's, I think it's kind of a contradiction in terms. And, and I think a TCR that, that has, you know, a subjective criteria is going to have some dynamics in it where people are going to vote. Um, because the voting, the voting mechanism, you, you get rewarded if you vote the way that other people are voting, basically. And so people are definitely going to vote the way that they think whales in the TCR are going to vote. But I don't see that as a problem. I think if you take a look at the TCR as being not only the TCR itself, but also other possible competitors to the TCR. I mean, it may be a we'll see. We'll see how things play out in the next few years, of course. But if if a TCR, let's say the whales on a TCR, they're known to vote a certain way. You know that this restaurant where the person got sick or whatever, they have a ton of tokens and they're they're totally going to, you know, out vote you if you try to challenge them and stuff if that sort of becomes known and people do not trust that tcr anymore they can start using a different tcr and eventually you're going to be using a tcr where people are going to trust a tcr which is like worthy of being trusted now i don't know if that's it's kind of a cop-out in a way but uh, that's that's kind of the way i see it but i mean also some things about it i think yeah it's like well it sort of seems like a silly question because like that's a subjective thing like what the best Mexican restaurant in San Francisco is, how else, like, how would you possibly create objective criteria around that? Like, <laughs> it doesn't, like, I don't see the alternative as being uh, meaningfully uh, insight. So like, yes, you're, you're going to settle for whatever people vote on. And like, that's the point of TCRs, like Jahan said, is they're curated by the token holders. This isn't like a, this is right, this is wrong. It's like, the token holders in this game believe this, uh, and maybe they were convinced by somebody, you know, that something that, you know, most people don't agree on, but like, that's fine because it's not up to most people, it's up to the token holders of that TCR. And that's what we all know. We've thought through some of these, these issues actually with, with Althea and specifically this, this, this kind of attack or attacks like this. So basically another concern for us is kind of, 
if uh, we have this global TCR of subnet DAOs, which are like these kind of decentralized ISPs, then what might happen is that, so the, the way we see it playing out is if you are, let's say there's a subnet DAO and they are claiming to operate, they're claiming that they have their towers have like a good signal in like further away from their towers than actually has a good signal. So you you go and get in touch with them and they hook you up and you join their, their you know, their subnet, they're part of the network, and you're not getting good signal and your internet's slow because of it. The, the way that's supposed to play out with the TCR is that if that happens to enough people, they're communicating out of band of the TCR, um, like, you know, on just, you know, on forums or uh, on Reddit or, or different, you know, Twitter, different different ways that people have to communicate. And then the people with the tokens, they see, hey, you know, this is obviously an issue. So one of the one of the attacks that we've considered on our TCR is like, what if another thing could be like, let's say that there's a, a given subnet down there. Equipment is just the, the 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 people with nodes on that subnet DAO are like not maintaining their equipment and it's slow and it's crappy and stuff and there's a lot of interference. But you could also have a situation where somebody actually uses radio equipment to attack another subnet DAO because they want to get those guys voted off, and so that could be. That could be like an issue where, let's say, if you if you have a powerful radio transmitter and you aim it at someone else's equipment, you're going to cause interference with it and, and cause it to have problems like serving, you know, its customers, basically. So that's an issue that we've identified. And it's some of these things are kind of unavoidable. I mean, you, you could have this happen in the real world, too. And then like ISPs actually do do this to each other sometimes. So it's like some of the limits of TCRs, I think, are also kind of like the limits of just you know, subjective criteria in the real world. And it would be really cool if there was something that could turn subjective things objective, but that's, you know, not necessarily what TCRs are. So TCRs, based on Mike Golden's original white paper, have these three major groups of users. There's the the candidates who want to be included on the registry. There's the consumers who utilize the registry for information discovery. And then there's the token holders. And it seems to me like the sort of core idea of TCRs is that by giving these token holders a financial incentive or some sort of skin in the game, that you're going to ultimately um, sort of produce a higher quality signal for these lists. So can you guys kind of talk through the incentives for a token holder and, and like what, what, is, what is in it for them if they, if they curate this thing well and, and why are they incentivized to do that? Yeah, you've got two basic incentives. You've got your like short-term tactical incentive and your long-term strategic incentive. So your short-term tactical incentive is like somebody puts up an application to a registry. I believe that I can convince all the other token holders or you know, more than half of the other token holders to vote against it. I issue a challenge. I'm doing this because I want their deposit or some fraction of their deposit if I win. Right. So I have just a direct financial incentive to challenge things that I think I can get kicked off or you know, prevented from entering the registry. Right. But in the long term, if I do this and I do it on projects that, you know, and, and maybe should have been into the registry or the voters, you know, don't do a good job of curating. Well, then they are going to lose value because their tokens will lose value because uh, nobody will care about what the TCR has to say. Right. No, nobody else will want to join. And, you know, that won't work. So voters have a long term strategic incentive to make sure that the TCR is well curated. And, you know, you can get around some of these sort of like incentive issues. Like if I can buy a bunch of the tokens and then vote and then sell them all, then 
I don't really have as much of a locked in long term incentive. But I think and you know, with AdChain we did this consciously, we shipped the minimally viable thing and accidentally started a cottage industry because we found it what seemed like an elegant solution to our problem. And we really we, we sort of knew going in that like everyone else was going to, you know, iterate and expand on TCR design. But I think you'll see a lot of experimentation. Some of the experimentation that I'm most excited for is like uh, locking up your tokens, staking for periods of time to earn more voting power, uh, things like that. Basically, you know, committing that if the vote goes your way, like you can't sell, which is sort of like the, you know, normal equivalent of like, well, if, you know, we vote yes uh, for Donald Trump, then like you can't move to Canada if he's elected. You have to like suffer the consequences. And so that gives, you know, people who may have disagreed with you and, uh, you know, if you won the vote, the opportunity to sell before you can. Uh, and so it, that forces you to have, you know, compounded skin in the game. And is the idea that the the sort of long-term value accrual to the token happens because a good list will have more demand from candidates who will then be willing to pay a higher price for the token to sort of buy that fixed amount of tokens that they need to get into the TCR? It depends. You don't actually need to like fix the value of entry in terms of the tokens. Like you could fix the value of entry in terms of dollars, and you still might be fine. Um, you don't need to make it much more expensive for later people to join, as long as there's enough of them. Yeah, there's a lot of different TCR designs, and everyone has their own tweak on it. But the I think the the, the general, at least in the in the adjacent TCR, the the general thing is if you want to be a listing, you have to stake some tokens. Um, then also if you want to challenge you have to stake some tokens. So if the TCR continuously grows with number of listings, that just involves more tokens being staked, which uh, reduces the supply. And in our our, TC, our TCR with Althea, it's, it's it's very very similar. We're going to basically hew pretty closely to to the the Mike Golden and and AdChain's TCR. But we also have a thing where some of the some of the revenue actually from these organizations goes to people who are active on the TCR, sort of like the token holders as a whole. And the reason we did that was actually because we didn't want to have a situation where there's kind of a built-in incentive for there to be votes and challenges. So we want to reward the token holders even uh, in a steady state when they've done a good job curating. And because of that, they're, you know, people aren't getting kicked off a lot because people know that if they do, you know, do something wrong, they will get kicked off. But yeah, I think that the main mechanism is kind of the, this, the, the supply constraining like work token like aspects. So earlier I gave kind of a silly example with like the best Mexican restaurants in San Francisco. And I don't think anyone is really saying that like eater.com needs to be decentralized. But it seems like if you're if you're saying TCRs can be used for a wide variety of lists, then there's a pretty big design space there. How do you guys think about the sort of like what are the best conceivable use cases for a TCR outside of the two that you mentioned with uh, AdChain and Althea? And then what are some of the limitations of, of TCRs and, and where do you think maybe the model breaks down um, or use cases where it, it wouldn't work as well? So I'm personally exploring TCR use cases for a couple of things. One is for Spank Chain, we're looking into having bank holders vote every 10 minutes on a random performer to see if they are, you know, who they say they are they match their profile because there's sort of an age verification problem where like you can take an ID at the door, but then do you know that the person who's streaming is the same person as their profile? So for sort of decentralized curation and, and moderation, I think it's really powerful. <clears throat> Another example on that front would be like 
we have all these Twitter spam bots. The reason that we have Twitter spam bots is because the cost of making new Twitter accounts is low. If in order to use Twitter and tweet, you had to place like a $10 deposit, which could be challenged by anybody else on Twitter, and then voted on by, you know, is token hold the token holders of this system then like you would have no spam accounts because they would be immediately found because somebody would you know find them and then show it to everybody else and everybody can go through their tweets and be like yes this is a bot and the cost of uh doing this would be much higher and the cost of doing the moderation would be much another one i'm looking at is called WatWat, which is a tcr for uh desirable solar crowdfunding opportunities so you know you want to fund a solar installation directly peer-to-peer you know maybe in mexico or puerto rico or something but you don't know that the guys getting or you know whoever you're funding might not run off with your money and so instead you can they have to go through some sort of verification process where you get all their documents and basically all the watt watt token holders can vote on whether this application is worthy of being included and then crowdfunding could commence. I think, you know, basically what you're looking at is like high value lists where the cost of like, you know, doing the due diligence of verifying whether or not somebody deserves to be on the list is high. Uh, and the coordination costs around distributing that information uh, are similarly high. And so you you create this in, additional incentive to uh, curate that list that is like outside of the you know, normal business. And that's where I think it'll be most valuable. Yeah, I, I would I could say where like two places where the TCRs can break down. I think that in general, like I, I do think that it is. Like things that are a little bit more objective can work better in, in TCR like things. And especially things where it's like objective in a way that's hard for a computer to verify, but it's pretty objective to humans. So one example for this was like, let's say you had some kind of a Ethereum full node TCR where, you know, people would sign their full node up to be on the TCR and they'd get paid somehow from clients when they're sort of, you know, hitting the full node, like in Fura sort of. And then they get slashed if they're returning incorrect data. Now, it's very hard to verify that kind of thing directly in a smart contract because the smart contracts do not have uh, access to like old blockchain safes and stuff. Um, they have uh, access to only a limited amount of stuff that was actually put into storage. But it's pretty easy to verify for a group of people with, with like, uh, you know, computers that can, can check with full clients that can check themselves that, that something that a response has different, a certain block height was, was correct or incorrect. Um, so that's like a good use case. That's kind of more objective. I also think it works for subjective use cases where it's possible for a kind of there to be a sort of a social consensus generated within a group where people can say, like, probably, you know, they, you know, they need to improve their food handling practices or something like that. It's where it's like you can kind of create sort of a social, not consensus, maybe, but a social you know, prevailing opinion. And I think where they break down is places where you can't do that. So I can't think of a good example right now, but if it's so objective that everybody has a different opinion and everybody's opinion is valid, I think that's one place it could break down. Um, the other, the main one though, I think is if you have a place where the, and this has to do with the token value. So if the token is, if the TCRs like sort of the, the range of what they're curating is so broad that there's no real focus of like any particular, sorry, I'm not expressing this well. There, there, there is no, there's no focus on like a particular category where a particular group of token holders can do well by the token increasing in value. So let's say you have a TCR where the TCR is meant to be a token curated registry of like everything in the world, or you have a bunch of TCRs all using the same token. 
So you have a TCR for donuts, and you have a TCR for Node.js libraries, and they're using the same TCR token. The TCR for Node.js libraries is the people who know about Node.js libraries are doing a bad job curating the TCR, and they're getting libraries with viruses in there and stuff. Then people using the token to look at the Node.js libraries are going to be like, "Yeah, this sucks. Like, this is this is terrible. We're not going to we're not going to buy this token anymore. We're going to sell this token. We're not going to use this TCR. The consumers not going to pay attention to it, etc." That's going to impact the value of this token, even when used for you know like the donut TCR. So I think you with TCRs you do have to look at making sure that the token holders correspond to a community um, or not even community, but at least a, a group sort of social consensus or understanding on like conforming understanding on the listings of the TCR. And it's not like people holding the token are completely unknowledgeable about certain aspects of the TCR. Um, another example is like, let's say you have uh, for Althea, this is something we've been looking at. We're trying to figure out whether this is, is a big vulnerability for us, which is like, if you have a subnet DAO or you have this, this sort of franchise, if you will, that's in a country where most of the people who hold the token don't speak the language and also don't have the cultural context to even decide uh, whether if somebody's claiming that one of these, one of these subnet DAOs is doing a bad job, they don't have the context to decide whether or not that's true. That's, that's another place it could be an issue. So I think you got to link the token value to a particular group whose opinions can be sort of clearly identified. Yeah, I think it's interesting what you said about like using a, a single token across multiple different TCRs because that certainly opens up a lot of attack vectors. Like if one TCR got really big and, and had a lot of token holders and there was another sort of smaller TCR that were using the same token, if someone sort of defected from the larger group, they could come over and just take over the smaller group because they happen to have a, a big token holding. So that's pretty interesting. We, we touched briefly on earlier the idea of TCRs having like a chicken and egg bootstrapping problem. And so... I was curious if you guys have any thoughts on how identity might play a role in future TCRs. So I know the Masari team is thinking about this a little bit um, because you have a, you know, a TCR that, that comes forth and, and provides a list and, you know, consumers aren't necessarily incentivized to use that list because it doesn't have a solid reputation in place. And same thing for candidates. They don't want to pay to be included on the list that doesn't have consumers or doesn't really have much, you know, much distribution. So I know one way that has been floated to get around this problem is by introducing identity of token holders, um, into the TCR to sort of, um, allow reputations, you know, existing public reputations to help bootstrap that. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on that? I, I don't know about that in particular, but it sounds like the identity is actually kind of being used as, as, as a payment in a way. So you could like lose the value of that identity on, on the TCR if you are just taking your identity and then it turns out you get kicked off. Like the identity wouldn't be good on that TCR anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think there's probably different ways to do it depending on what sort of identity protocol were introduced. But I think one of the ideas behind it is that, you know, as Amin mentioned earlier, there's sort of these short-term incentives where um, someone might issue a challenge or something like that in order to take the the candidate's deposit. And But you could also imagine scenarios in which the short-term incentive would be to attack the TCR because that might be more profitable than being honest, at least in the short term. And so the idea is that if you introduce some sort of identity layer on top of that, then you can, to some extent, discourage those types of attacks because um, it's not just you know anonymous token holders um, doing it. Yeah, I think I think it'll be helpful. I think it'll actually probably just be emergent. If you want to help, if you want to be more convincing to the token holders about your case, if you step up the challenge, uh, or if you apply, then you might share your identity. 
And perhaps it becomes a norm in you know, some TCRs that people who are willing to share their identities, either personally or uh, as an organization, uh, are taken more seriously uh, and their arguments given additional weight. I think that you're going to see like sort of pseudo registrars crop up that you know, are reputable within the TCR community for, you know, a given TCR that take, you know, fixed fees in order to stake tokens on the behalf of applicants. And so they will help you with your application and they will, you know, sort of do their own vetting of you and then propose you to the rest of the token holders. Uh, and none of this needs to be programmed in at a protocol level. It could be, I guess, if you wanted, but I think it will just work because there's advantages to using identities like if i was an advertiser for example that wanted to start using AdChain and i bought in so i could help curate it then it would likely behoove me to tell people that i'm now going to start using it because it would act as a signal to get more people in it's not a thing that you necessarily need to program into the tcr the incentives just sort of work out that way Cool. I think we should, uh, I want to be sensitive to both of all of your guys' time. I think we should, we should wrap. Any, any sort of last thoughts or things you guys want to cover regarding TCRs? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the, the current TCR designs are going to have some kind of problem. And so I, I, I don't know. I think we, you know, people have, have been looking at them pretty heavily, but I think once they're in production, um, and they're actually used, uh, there's going to be attacks that are going to come out that are going to be like, Oh, wow. Why didn't we think of that? And so. At Althea, at least, we're keeping one eye on, you know, how do you, you know, how, how do you have a cohesive enough community that everyone can agree to migrate to, you know, a new contract if, if, you know, if, if, if there is an issue with, with the TCR that we're using, um, which will be the, probably the Prospect Park TCR, which is Mike Golden's implementation. So I don't know. That's just my opinion, but I think there's a lot of evolution to still happen in this space. Yeah, by my count, there's at least a dozen or more TCR projects that are in the works, many of which have sort of slightly different tweaks on the original design or some which have, you know, radically different designs from what Mike Golden outlined. So, and most of those are set to debut within the next like six months to a year. So we'll certainly see the market st stress test the, the principles behind TCRs. And what do you guys think is going to be the determining factor to whether if two years from now we're still, we're still talking about TCRs? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think if we have even like one example of a TCR that, that really functions well and provides a really high quality signal, then that's gonna, that's gonna inspire more people to run with the design. But my guess is that we'll see, we'll see quite a few TCRs fail before we see one that really is robust and, and kind of works. But yeah, that's the safest that you could possibly place. Uh, <laughs> like 90% of everything fails. So, you know. Just in terms of that, then like, yeah, we're trying to, we're all trying a new thing. We're doing, running a bunch of experiments in parallel. Some of it will work, some of it won't. I, I would expect to see, you know, way more TCRs when Aragon makes it plug and play and people start realizing that like, you know, even for s small value uh, lists, like if you have a, a tight community, like, I don't know, a Reddit front page could be a TCR, right? Like, the front page of the news, you know, rankings on uh, a marketplace uh, like District Zero X is doing for for curating, you know, products and stuff. Search rankings; these things can all be TCRs. And uh, I think that, like, you know, voting games will generally improve. Uh, and so I'm I'm fairly bullish on this in the long term. <laughs> yeah, I would also say that I think the the outside of uh, like a, the outside of a TCR uh, or the, of the TCR concept is actually 
more powerful than the specific voting mechanism. Like the, you know, the API that TCR presents, if you're trying to build a system with it, of having white lists where the goals of the list are constrained is just on or off the list. And you have uh, a way for people to vote and get rewarded um, and kind of the feedback loop uh, with the token dynamics uh, are really compelling. And something like this is going to be used a lot. Um, even if maybe the, the the actual voting process is is tweaked and improved from from what exists right now, you, you've got like other use cases like MakerDAO uses the Maker token for governance, right? You can you can think of all sort of token voting governance things as a sort of type of TCR, where Maker uses it to elect their oracles, uh, who are able to publish uh, price feed information, right? Stuff stuff like that. If you know, you're building a DAO and you wanted to curate membership and you had token holders vote on new members, then that's another type of TCR. You could have a club where you enforce some sort of social norm, like proof of being a baller and then, you know, vote on people who are ballers. Maybe you can <laughs> baller status if you stop acting like a baller for too long. <clears throat> on, on, on that note, <laughs> guys, thank you for, for coming to the podcast. It's fantastic. Cool. Thanks for having me. Take care. If you're an early stage entrepreneur, we'd love to hear from you. Check out more at www.villageglobal.vc. We'd love to learn more about what you're up to.